I tell the story of when I made the decision to break up a multi-million dollar company. People are like, what did you do? Exactly. It's, it's the sense of growing a business broke is just as much as growing yourself broken. How do you grow and scale your business while avoiding entrepreneur poverty? Hi, I'm Buzz and I've spent over 20 years marketing for entrepreneurs just like you. I've learned there's no one secret to success, but a series of strategies to help business owners scale at will. On this podcast, we uncover invaluable insights that successful entrepreneurs and industry experts use to profitably scale businesses. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy Podcast. Today, I've got Scott Anderson, who is a serial entrepreneur. He has literally run nine different companies and sold six of them. He is a business coach, a licensed mental therapist with more than 30 years experience helping leaders live their best lives. He's also the founder of the EaseUSA.org, a treatment accelerator helping military families recover from PTSD and the author of Playing Big. Also, the curator of Burnout Breakthrough. And burnout is what we're going to be discussing today. So, Scott, welcome to You Are Buzzworthy Podcast. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. Thank you. Was that exciting enough? That was big, man. That was a big intro. That's a lot to live up to. (laughs) There you go. Well, I'm telling you right now, it seems that uh, I don't have burnout because I have this energy here. So either the T is working or I am yeah. doing something right. That's right. There, are, there has been a time in my life where burnout was a huge thing. Anybody who knows me will, will knows my story. Just a few years ago, I was supposedly living the good life with a multi-million dollar creative agency and a big facility, big team, the whole nine yards. And yet I was completely miserable. And as I look back at it, burnt out. And that's that burnout was actually what got me to the point of making big changes in how I ran my business and who I did business with and all those good things. So I want to start out with asking you, what is burnout when we talk about it in the sense of entrepreneurialism? You know, you said something about your own story that's that's so important, um, Michael, I'm glad you said it, is that actually burnout can be the, the crucible of, you know, a beautiful new life. And in fact, the, the book I'm writing now is called The Blessings of Burnout for that reason, uh, it, if you can survive it. And that's really the key. So what burnout is clinically uh, and it's recently been designated by both the World Health Organization and the American Psychiatric uh, Association as a bona fide uh, illness, both a, a body, mind, and spirit. And what it really means, uh, symptomatically, what it really means is for entrepreneurs or for anyone is, number one, a uh, kind of a, an exhaustion that doesn't get better. Even if you have a good night's sleep or a, a long weekend or a vacation or even a sabbatical, we've treated uh, folks with who have taken three to six months sabbaticals and it doesn't touch their burnout. So that's the first thing is this sort of paralyzing, bone weary, nothing corrects it 
exhaustion. The second piece is a, um, an isolation to begin with, a feeling of isolation and disconnection, both from the work that you're doing and the people that you're working with. This can be both at work and at home. And finally, the sort of the third leg of the symptomatic stool with respect to burnout is uh, at its worst, a feeling of real animosity, not just disconnection or isolation, but animosity or resentment even to the people that you're working with and care about the most, usually business partners, investors, customers, family members, et cetera. Gotcha. So let's step back here. You said taking vacations or sabbaticals actually don't help with burnout. That's why. Right. Why is that? Like you, we, we, is it, is it because people are not truly taking sabbaticals? Are you saying that if you literally disconnect yourself from your business for say, what, what is a sabbatical? Two weeks, four weeks? Yeah. Well, we, you know, I worked with a, there's a woman in our program right now from uh, Poland who took a six month sabbatical and it did. Whoa. Work. I want to do one of those. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Um, But unfortunately, it did her no good at all. And, you know, I mean, it all depends on, I guess there are sabbaticals and there are sabbaticals, but, you know, uh, burnout is really an inside job. That's the thing that most people kind of fail to get. Uh, Most people assume that it's them. It's my coworkers. It's my business partners. It's my customers, my employees. It's even my family members, my spouse, my children, et cetera. They're the problem. They're causing the stress or my business you know, is sort of an enemy or a villain. My business is causing this stress. And so what a lot of people do is to treat the, the apparent outside causes. And unfortunately, not only does that not work, but it usually makes burnout come back worse than before. The two things that, that we all do as human beings when we try to solve problems is we either try to fix it and make it go away, the problem, or we avoid it. Either we, we fight it or we flee from it. And that's a great solution if you're changing a tire or splitting the atom. But when it comes to thoughts and feelings, especially feelings of exhaustion and paralysis and demotivation and all of that, um, our mind is not so good at fixing those things or avoiding them. And any attempt to fix or avoid problems or thoughts and feelings like, uh, like exhaustion, isolation, imposter syndrome, all the rest of it actually makes it come back even worse. And so it depends what the sabbatical in- includes, but just, uh, just taking yourself out of what appears to be the problem is usually not only not the solution, but can make the problem worse. Okay. So let's go back to the difference between a vacation and sabbatical. Sure. Because sure. you said there's sabbaticals and sabbaticals. And I'd like to say there's a difference between a vacation, which is where an escapism, right? and for what I understand sabbaticals to be, is introspection and reflection and working on oneself. So when right. we say that we're actually taking a sabbatical, we would talk. We would literally be doing the self-talk or help having a coach like yourself right. or somebody like you that's helping us through all these internal issues. So instead of placating our misery to our business and our employees. And yes, those are the causes of stress as a business owner. I get that, but it's not the root cause. And that's ideally what would happen in a sabbatical, the way that you describe it is that the, you know, what the root cause is, is recurring thought patterns 
that are not serving us. You know, most entrepreneurs have, for example, are uh, very persistent, resilient people. And that's part of, <laughs> yes, right? I can attest to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a superpower, right? I mean, if you didn't have that, you would never have been able to break through the various plateaus to get to a million dollar or multi-million dollar business. And that's the good news. And that's the superpower. The problem is, though, that persistence can sometimes turn to kryptonite, you know, if we uh, continue to uh, work and work and work and work and work and, and pretty much think that more effort and more worry is the solution to everything, uh, which a lot of entrepreneurs do. The more I, the harder I, the two knobs I had on my dial were basically work harder and worry more. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I know that one. <laughs> if that didn't do it, then I was kind of out of luck. And it did, it worked really well for a long time until it didn't work. And right. that's the problem. And if you combine ambition and uh, perfectionism in particular, one of the hallmarks of burnout, and this, this resilience, which is such a beautiful thing and such a unique thing for entrepreneurs, can really turn to kryptonite if what you're doing is basically hitting your head against the wall. I think I totally relate to that. It was, I, I tell the story of when I made the decision to break up a multi-million dollar company. People are like, what did you do? Exactly. It's, it's the sense of growing a business broke is just as much as growing yourself broken. Yes. You still function. The business could have went on for another 10 years yeah. and I would have died a younger man. That's it. Um, right. <laughs> but I sat in front in the middle of my foyer of this beautiful building that we had spent a year and a half building out and only been in for a little over a year going, I am absolutely miserable and identifying those issues. Right. And I think that what you're, if, if I understand you correctly, is that we need to understand how to leverage our emotions versus try to, like you said, have the two knobs where we worry more and we do more. More is growing, right? Exactly. And when we do more, there's more weight. But when we leverage, we get a compounded effect and that actually reduces the, the, that weight of stress and worry and all the things that create this burnout. Right. It's, it's a very, it's a counterintuitive thing. I mean, I went through a, an experience in my uh, most recent and largest business, very much like yours. I ran and ever founded and ran an advertising agency for 25 years and uh, had great partners, great customers. It was a great business. But for the last five years, I really just ran out of steam and went through all of the symptoms that I just described. And, you know, ultimately felt like it was the business that was the problem. And it was, and, and ultimately to my shame that it was my partners that were the problem or my, my customers or even employees. And, you know, the problem was, was that I was experiencing burnout, experiencing the, the overwhelm, the exhaustion, uh, and especially the lack of passion and motivation that I used to have was completely gone. And so, you know, all of the tools that I'd used to build the business were of no avail and trying to get out of burnout. I would never have known that. And so I, I sold my interest um, in my agency to my partners and I did get out and I started this coaching business, which I had sort of incubated in the agency. Uh, my partners allowed me to do that, which was 
extremely generous of them. Yes. Uh, you know, afterwards, I mean, I was in this sort of angry, uh, exhausted state that I really couldn't figure out. And in the, as you've read in my bio, I'm also a licensed therapist. And you would have thought that with all of this clinical training and working <laughs> for years on, on post-traumatic stress disorder with military, I'd have some inkling, but I really didn't. And uh, there's surprisingly little available uh, about to, to really treat burnout and and surprisingly little research down on it. But I started to drink up all the research I could find on it. And it turns out that the things that really, really help are extremely counterintuitive for entrepreneurs, for for action takers. And part of it is just to accept um, the thoughts in our mind that are usually pretty accusatory and negative, you know, that we use to keep ourselves going. Imposter syndrome is, is, you know, both fuel and, and fire for a burnt out person. When we tell ourselves we're not smart enough or we're not experienced enough or we're not whatever enough, it's kind of like the cowboy jabbing his spurs into his horse to get the horse to move faster mm-hmm. and so that we can prove to ourselves, yes, I am smart enough. Yes, I am experienced enough. <laughs> the problem is that after a while, if you keep telling yourself you're not something enough, it, it takes a toll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the spurs that we've been jamming into our horse are now causing wounds in the horse, and it's mm-hmm. not making the horse go faster. The horse is going to give up. So right. it's a really counterintuitive series of actions that we need to take. And part of it is just to accept um, the the kind of uh, repetitive thoughts in our mind and emotions that we carry with us, and begin to accept those as uh, being a a technique that worked until it didn't. The problem with negative negative thoughts or disturbing thoughts like I'm not enough, the thought that I had constantly was I'm going to go broke. A lot right. of entrepreneurs have this, right, that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seconds and inches from going broke. Even when cash flow is great, even when the business is great, that's kind of the cowboy jabbing the spurs into his horse to keep him keep him going. That was the fuel. The problem is, is that it really turned against me. And the problem I found with trying to get that thought out of my head was it's kind of like thinking don't think of pink elephants. Don't think of pink <laughs> elephants. And uh, our minds don't forget things. Our minds are memory machines. So the idea of trying to get rid of a thought simply can't happen. And this is when I started doing this research into the the actual evidence-based solutions to burnout that I began to discover some tools and try them myself and then and experience some relief, tried them on some of my guinea pig coaching clients and therapy clients, and they started right get some relief and finally started to find a way out. I totally resonate with the fact that self-talk is real talk. Yeah. And if you tell yourself anything positive or negative, your brain will, will believe it. That's right. Right. And so I had imposter syndrome for decades, just the way that I was raised as a uh, guilty Catholic. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, just the way it goes, right? One of those common denominators. I'm right. Afraid. Right. <laughs> and so it, it took a long time for me to say, no, I am, I am worthy. I am, I do know. And I, oh, it, you, you're right when you, we say like, hey, you know, th- when we feel that imposter syndrome, it pushes us to be better or to prove to ourselves and to everyone around us that we are as good as we think we are, right? But at some point, we have to accept it. And one of the things that I used to to cope with that was writing them down. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and then arg- having to argue with myself and saying, no, that's wrong. Because remember, uh-huh. we, we just said that, that thoughts are real. So if I write it down and I go, that's a real thought, but then I have a good argument toward it. Now my brain resolves that. What are other uh, actions that people dealing with maybe panic attacks and, and these, these negative thoughts, reoccurring thoughts and stuff like that? What are the initial steps of getting ourselves out of that rut? You know, what you did instinctively is exactly right on. I mean, one of the, and it's, it's, it's counterintuitive, but it's what you did by writing down your thoughts is exactly the right thing, uh, at least based on, on research. Uh, it's the thing we don't want to do, but it's to, it's to sort of face the thoughts to, to begin by just noticing them. And by being willing to take a look at it, it's very much like as a kid looking under the bed to see if there's a boogeyman. I mean, it's it's the same thing, and it requires some guts to do it, right? But when you were writing down those those thoughts, that's what you took a huge step psychologically that very few people take unless they're desperate. Now, that was my case for sure. And so, to begin with, the most important step is to really notice what your mind is doing. And that can feel like a scary step. It is like looking under the bed for the boogeyman and mm-hmm. afraid of what you'll find. But there's, but there is you know, mountains of research that says that just by noticing what your mind is broadcasting twenty four seven, which like kind of like twenty four seven television is just all fear all the time. Right. And um, but when you when you begin to notice that. Um, it's a huge step forward. And so one of the things that that I ask people to do when I'm first starting to work with them is just to notice what's going on uh, because we don't do this. What, what we want to do is not look under the bed. And what we want to do is to leap into action, especially as entrepreneurs. And it served us for a long time again until it stopped serving us. So again, it's very counterintuitive. We have this very deeply grooved habit of action is the solution to everything. So to take a few minutes to write down a, a disturbing thought or emotion you're feeling is counterintuitive. And it, uh, paradoxically, it's the way out. Number one is just to notice it, to really notice what's going on with you. When you feel upset, to notice what are the thoughts that you're thinking, what are the emotions that you're feeling, and in particular, notice the physical sensations that you're having. Um, people are surprised sometimes to find that their heart is pounding or that their their breathing rate is is fast you know, different different symptoms of being stressed out or, or worried. So number one is to notice it. The second thing that we found that's, that's really powerful is to be able to name what's happening, to be able to say, this is the thought that I'm having. Because what we really want to get is that our, our minds are generating these thoughts uh, to keep us alive. They're basically survival machines. And they're not out to get us. They're out to keep us alive in the same way that our, our other organs are not out to get us. My pancreas is not out to get me. My liver right. is not out to get me. And my brain is not out to get me, but it feels like it. So to begin with, it, it helps to be able to say, well, this is my mind trying to help me. My mind is, when my mind told me the story that you're going to go broke, what my mind was trying to do is to help me survive. Then it was a twisted funhouse mirror distortion of reality, of course, and probably something I picked up as a little kid. But what I found was it was a hack that worked. It got me moving. And so to notice it and to make it conscious really helps to to, um, neutralize it. 
Gotcha. And that's what we're trying to do here, not to make it go away, but just to change our relationship with these thoughts and to notice that my thought thinking a, a thought like you're going to go broke is no more um, threatening than my stomach growling. Mm, it's yeah, just like it. what it's meant to do. Right. But when we form this new relationship with it and call it what it is, then we begin to get some distance, perspective, and some peace ultimately. I, f- I liken it to standing up to the bully right exactly and it's just a matter of you can let the bully call you names and you know what you say i'm rubber you're glue all that good stuff stick some stones may break my bones but over time it does wear you down and like you said journaling those thoughts you don't necessarily uh, for me i didn't necessarily needed to deal with it right then but i needed to write it down so that i understood exactly what my brain was telling me at that point exactly what did that growling stomach sound like in the moment moment yes. right so that i could then answer and and argue with myself and I, so i definitely love the fact that you're, you're you're really driving home the fact that one you know, i gotta identify it if you if your heart's racing and or palpitation i mean i had my first panic attacks exactly. through my my, my whole ordeal i didn't know what it was because i never had one before I'm a yeah. pretty laid back guy. I'm, I'm, I'm an yeah. excited person, I'm a passionate person, but when it comes to stress, stress rolls off my shoulders. Right. And it was the first time the stress had gotten the best of me. And so I really appreciate you like really diving deep in into the importance of identification, documentation, and self-talk, because I think that those are the biggest first steps. I agree with you hundred percent. If people wanted to learn more about the next steps or maybe learn more about you, where should they go? Well, the best place to go, and thanks for providing a link in the show notes, uh, Michael, I appreciate it, Definitely, but is to go to burnoutbreakthrough.com. We've got a masterclass in the five shifts that we found are essential to breaking through burnout. There is uh, a lot of information there, and I'll share also a link uh, with you for a PDF that people can download that provides the same masterclass, basically, but it's about the, the five shifts that that we found, we've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs now, really are proven to break through burnout, to do so quickly, uh, remarkably quickly, and also to do it on a permanent, in a permanent way. Awesome. Well, I do so much appreciate your time today, Scott. I hope that people here have heard the message in that you need to hear yourself. Don't let the negative overtake your day-to-day. If your heart is racing when you think about your business, we need to slow down and take account for ourselves. Self-care is so important in entrepreneurialism. It is the key to keeping ourselves out of entrepreneurial poverty, which is one of my missions, is to eradicate that. And Scott here is helping people get through to the next plateau of their business by making sure they don't burn out. 